Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to the Holistic Leadership Podcast. My name is Dr. Travis Hearn, and uh, my co-host Jeffrey Roche is here as well. Just an amazing time that we're going to have today um, with Dr. Chang. Um, so Dr. Chang is currently the Chief Medical Officer for Medtronic Endoscopy and Assistant Professor of Medicine at an academic center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's very, very passionate. You, you, you've seen him. You've seen Austin around. Um, he's very passionate about empowering patients with accurate medical information online. He's one of the most influential voices in the field of gastroenterology across multiple social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, this podcast, as well as YouTube. Uh, Dr. Chang has conducted extensive research in social media and is a champion of physician presence on social media. And he's also the founding president of the Association for Healthcare Social Media, AHSM, the first 501c3 professional society for health professional social media use. That's awesome. Um, he's worked closely with all major national GI societies um, on social media efforts and was 2018's uh, Helios Gastroenterology Disruptive Innovator of the Year, the Philadelphia Inquirer's 2019 Influencers of Healthcare Rookie of the Year, and 2019 Medscape Top 20 Social Media Physician. Uh, his role in social media has been featured uh, by the New York Times, CNBC, and BBC News. So, Dr. Chang, thank you so much for being here. This is an amazing honor, um, and I'm grateful to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, so we can we can jump right in. Um, looking forward to this conversation. We've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, young leaders, we are the young leaders. Uh, Jeffrey and I are both. Well, I'm probably the oldest one in here, being 40. But uh, that's, I think we're still young leaders. I still consider us young leaders. So um, the conversation we want to have is kind of focused on leadership and how you lead people. Um, so as a young leader, uh, what motivates you to lead and what opportunities do you see for leadership in the medical field? This is something we've talked about quite a bit. So you're in this every day. What are you seeing and what opportunities do you see moving forward? I mean, I think that I am in a pretty unique position being both at a med tech company as well as in academia. And I feel that we can benefit, all benefit from not working so much in silos anymore. And I understand that there's some restrictions in place because of you know, some historical you know, issues um, uh, kind of playing into that. But I think that, you know, especially in my position, being a physician, bringing that clinical expertise and like kind of patient um, centered thinking to med tech, I think is really important. Um, and I feel that, you know, especially right now with a lot of burnout among clinicians and what they're facing in, uh, the healthcare workplace, I feel that this is actually a great opportunity for young leaders to also find opportunities outside of their immediate clinical surroundings and, and lend their expertise in other ways to other parts within the sector. So, um, I, I think that there are plenty of opportunities. Um, there's so many. I, I, whenever I speak about my career, I put together this slide where it highlights not only is there are there opportunities in med tech, in pharmaceuticals, but also in like policy and advocacy. Um, there's just so many different aspects that I feel like the physician presence, at least, like we can, um, we can definitely lend our voices to. And then in terms of what motivates me. Um, I think it's just this deep-rooted feeling that, you know, I think that I have more to offer and, and I have, uh, you know, more uh, that there's a different perspective that's not being heard in some ways. And, um, 
And I feel like in my current job, that's kind of what I was tasked to do was I was brought in to see everything from a different lens and, um, and then identify, you know, areas of improvement that I, I could act upon. And, um, and so I think that, you know, that difference in perspective is also really valuable. So Austin, obviously most people, when they see you, see you, uh, oftentimes with your scrubs on, uh, on social media. Uh, so I, at first I thought maybe you'd be showing up with your scrubs on, right. And, uh, Travis, Travis would have no problem. You know, he may be happy to have a, an endoscopy filmed, uh, you know, uh, sometime on the podcast. I don't know podcast. about that, Jeffrey. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know about that. You gotta make it interesting, but, um, you know, I'm curious, Austin, obviously, um, you know, you have leveraged social media in a number of ways, right? Educate, uh, influence, inspire, um, you know, raise awareness, uh, et cetera. I'm curious, though, when you look at uh, the field of medicine, you know, I mean, during COVID, there was definitely people doing it. But really before that, there wasn't a large number of people, you know, physicians, um, particularly diverse physicians uh, like yourself doing that. What would you say you've learned through that process that has kind of reinvigorated you to continue to do it? Because you do it often and you do it frequently uh, and you do it in kind of a fun way that people certainly engage. Yeah, I think that people have different motivations getting on social media. And, you know, where I came from initially was very much focused on patients and wanting to you know, put out accurate information and not let other non-medically trained folks take over the conversation. Um, but in the process of being on social media for so many years, I've definitely developed a network, been able to, you know, uh, not only connect with my colleagues, but also speak with trainees and, you know, folks who are interested in the field and recruit talent in that way. Um, so it just depends on like what people's motivations are. And, and yeah, I think that it's definitely been embraced far more. It's interesting because that organi organization that you mentioned, the Association for Healthcare Social Media, we started that before the pandemic and it was hard to get social media platforms to listen and, and think about the value um, of social media within healthcare. And of course, when the pandemic hit, it was just so obvious to everyone. And, um, and you know, but the truth is for years, I feel like that conversation on social media has had an impact on public health, has had an impact on the perception of healthcare in this country. So finally, I think we're, um, you know, coming around to understanding how to utilize social media better in healthcare. At the same time, a lot of issues and problems with, you know, social media and um, and especially like health professionals on social media, just because so much of what we do is usually behind the curtain and uh, behind the scenes. Um, but uh, but so yeah, it's a careful balance there. But it's definitely um, been a huge. I I want to say like a big benefit to our field to have that sort of open conversation and community. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the social media, the way that people use social media these days, when, if it's used, like you do it, like to spread a holistically healthy physical message about, uh, and from someone who has the credentials and the background in it to be able to say with authority, what well, this is what we need to do. And to, the way that you do it also, um, I've been following you for a while on, on Instagram and it's the way you do it is great. It's interactive. It speaks to people like me, speaks, speaks to people like Jeffrey, and it speaks to people in a different way. 
And it's just, a, it's, it's an amazing way to, to promote that. So, and that to say, like, I'm, I'm going to skip a, a couple lines of like your, your passion about physical health is clear. So your, your passion about physical health and well-being is, is clear on you and it's in your message. Why is, what, what, what do you, what do you feel like, or how do you describe physical health in leadership? Cause I know physical health, mental health, holistic health is very important in leadership. Um, and if you could speak to the physical health, why do you think it's important for leaders to be physically healthy? Well, I mean, I think it's all intertwined, like for us to be mentally sound and to be, to be able to work at our optimal capacity, we have to be physically healthy. And so, you know, if we ignore that, then just imagine like, you know, when you're going to work, when, uh, when you're not feeling your best, then you're not going to be as productive and not as impactful, you know, long-term. So I think that it's incredibly important to maintain your physical health. You know, Austin, one of the things that's, that's interesting, right, is, is, um, is this idea that uh, people get white coat syndrome when they go into a doctor's office. It's, it's well-documented, well-studied. In fact, some people's blood pressure will be through the roof. Some people's blood pressure may go lower. Uh, travel, That's mine. Travel, mine goes, mine goes yeah, higher. I walk in, I see someone in a white coat. I want to run the other way. Just kidding. Well, you know, that, that's the Marine in you. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, that's not the Marine. You, you I know. might run towards that one. <laughs> uh, good point. Um, the, you know, what, what's so interesting about this is um, I have long said that the medical field hasn't necessarily trained everyone from the perspective of um, effectively, in my opinion, in all facets, how to truly make someone feel comfortable. And uh, I've seen you do that. Um, and so, you know, it's more of a more applauding you and, and, you know, I look at I look at your field as not a comfortable field. Uh, and, you know, let me say, uh, you know, for all of our listeners, uh, I'm, I'm a well-known patient in the gastroenterology world, uh, you know, as a, as a, a person with celiac uh, disease, that I've had more endoscopies than people will have in their life and more colonoscopies probably than people will have in their life. And um, what I've always realized is so many of those doctors don't really have a whole lot of personalities. Um, and I've seen so many of them. I'm curious, when you look at what made you choose the field you, cho you chose, what was it? Uh, like specifically gastroenterology or just medicine in general? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about gastroenterology because, I mean, people, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people look up to you. And mm -hmm. I can see some people following and, and saying, I mean, you're obviously so passionate uh, about, about not just this field, I mean, medicine as a whole but also gastroenterology. What made you choose that? Yeah, it wasn't obvious to me at first. I went through medical school and all my medical training kind of discovering that. So I decided actually pretty as, as late as, as you could imagine before definitely having to apply. Um, but I wanted to do something procedural because I liked kind of that aspect of medicine. That's often a decision people have to make early on is do you want to do something procedural or something you know, mainly office-based medical? Uh, and so I really like the procedural part of it. I also like the variety of the field because there are a lot of different organ systems that we work through. And then um, there's a lot of innovation in this area. I think, you know, just by nature of us doing a lot of our procedures through the mouth, 
everything's becoming less invasive. We're always thinking of ways of doing things that aren't requiring, you know, large surgeries or going through the skin. And that's led to a lot of cool innovations um, over the past decade, especially within gastroenterology. So a lot of opportunity and, um, and it's exciting. So that's ultimately what, what led me into gastroenterology. And I have to agree with you about the fact that there's a lot of work that needs to be done with helping patients feel comfortable and, you know, communication in general is like hard, it's, it's hard to teach, but I think um, there are a lot of things crammed into medical school and it's not just the science and the medicine behind it, but also, you know, speaking with patients and understanding the system and its complexities that, you know, we could do a better job at. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those those that you know I, I I can go to I've been in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Marine Corps, and if I step into a doctor's office, my blood pressure rises and my heart starts to beat. I'm like, okay, what's going to go on? What's going to happen? It's just a nervous me place too. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it can be an intimidating experience. So I totally get it, and that's one of my goals being on social media and kind of sometimes doing really silly things is just to show that hey, we're human. We're approachable, uh, you know. Um, it's uh, it, it doesn't have to be also scary. Yeah, which leads me into to kind of my next question is like, as an influencer, a big influencer in the medical field and in the, in the social media world, you your message is amazing. But if for our listeners, for people that may not have heard it, what is the ultimate message that you want people to hear coming straight from you? What is it that you want people to hear? Um, I think. Thinking about social media in general, I always think that there's a lot of garbage information on the internet. So you've got to just like double and triple check who you're trusting online. And just because people have large followings or are popular or are well known, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that what they're saying is credible um, or you know verified. So definitely double check your sources. And and similarly, I think a lot of my colleagues who are on social media. Um, you know, I would recommend, you know, having been doing this for so long, it's easy to get caught up in this idea of like wanting to, you know, just play into vanity metrics of how many likes and followers and all this and that. And if you're not really grounded in uh, a true purpose of being on social media, then you're going to get lost very quickly. And, um, and, you know, I've made it a point not to, you know, get caught up in this whole influencer culture of uh, corporate sponsorships and things like that, brand deals, which there's nothing wrong with that. For a lot of doctors, I think it's a great source of income and opportunities and and whatnot. But I think for me personally, that's it's, it's, the focus has always just been on education and making things fun and lighthearted and not having the pressure of that tied into a whole social media presence, which uh, can become very stressful if you tie your popularity to, you know, a uh, source of income. <laughs> you know, Austin, when I first met you, you shared that you, um, sometimes any given year, you spend, I think, what was it, almost 200 days uh, out and about traveling, uh, you know, and I'm curious, when you look at, uh, when you look at, you know, the role of medicine, uh, because you still practice, um, you know, you're, you're, you're an academic, you still practice uh, as a clinician and you work in med tech. Uh, I think a lot of people will say, how does he balance that? Um, and, and there's one other element before I ask that, uh, before I ask you to reflect on that, 
that, uh, you know, I know we didn't have this question in there, but I know this is something that you're working on, which will just get Dr. Hearn so giddy, is you're writing your first book. Yes. Um, and so I want to, you know, kind of ask you, first of all, how do you balance? Because I think as leaders, uh, I'll be the first to say I struggle uh, in balancing um, regularly. And, you know, it's not easy. But for me, I've got to, you know, get out in the morning and get my three mile run. I'm not at Travis's level yet, uh, but but three miles is, is, is a big deal for me. Um, but, you know, that helps me. But, you know, I'm curious, how do you balance? And, and I also want to make sure you, you do talk about uh, your book, uh, because I, I, I think Travis gets excited because he's writing his second book over here. Uh, but, you know, interesting. He's got his first Wait. behind. Well, actually, you moved it. It was there, but <laughs> he has written his first. And so. Um, which he probably will ask you a question on, but, um, you know, just curious, how do you balance and, and also tell us about your, your book? Yeah, I think to answer your first question about balancing, I think it's constant reprioritization. You know, it's a constant shuffling of the deck. Like I, every, on any given day, the work never all gets done. And so it's like always, okay, what's at the top of the deck? Um, and, you know, I try to be as efficient as possible and not get, too wordy or caught up or overthink things as I'm going through the process. But I also have to say that I think I have a good amount of support as well in the teams that I work with um, and also, you know, flexibility of folks, you know, who can, who will accommodate to my schedule. Like for instance, the hospital that I work at, you know, they're very accommodating with what um, days I can be at the hospital and and those are the days that I you know spend working there and fulfill kind of my duties while but you know it's um it's because of that flexibility that I'm able to do what I do so uh, that's the answer to that question in terms of the book so the book is this I feel like this is the first time I'm really talking about it but it's basically a book on uh, <laughs> on gut health um, and it's just an inf informative book, but it's also illustrated. Um, so it'll be kind of easier to digest. It's meant for, you know, anyone out there. Um, so it's not focused on a fad diet or promoting some sort of trend or just one aspect of it. It's really meant to give a global perspective on all things gut health. And I know that being an advanced endoscopist who's focused on a lot of very complex procedures, I really like to highlight, and this is what I do on social media to a certain extent, is showing that GI gastroenterology is not just IBS or acid reflux or constipation, but there's just so much more to it because we deal with the pancreas and we deal with cancer and we deal with the liver and, and there's so much to it that makes it interesting. And actually, we're not the only field I feel that to people not in medicine, um, it's hard to understand, but I think that there are certain fields within medicine that are popular within medicine to pursue because they're actually super cool and there's a lot of cool technology and GA I think is one of those. Um, but yeah, the book is uh, slated to come out in April of next year. Uh, I don't have all the details <laughs> yet, but, um, but I'm very excited and very grateful to have the opportunity to, to be able to, um, you know, out something like that that's amazing yes yeah, so my, my book is on it's on how to how to successfully lead hybrid and remote teams so the for your first question 
uh, I can answer that question. But for the next one, we'd love to have you back on to talk more about it, about the process, maybe back in April when it launches, um, things like that, just to hear more about the pro how, how you how you wrote it, just to highlight it, promote it for you. Um, so before we wrap up, um, we're about out of time. I want just to, if you could just tell people where they can find you uh, on social media and, and where you'd want people to look for you, that'd be great. Yes, thank you. I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. My handle is the same everywhere. It's Austin Chang MD. Um, and I'm on pretty much every single social media platform that you can imagine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Are you on, you're on Truth Social? <laughs> not on Truth Social, but I am, you know, on Threads. I have a Blue Sky account, even though I'm not very active on Blue Sky. There's only so much I can do, guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I want to ask you, uh, I know, I know Travis was queuing up, but Travis is used to me. Uh, there, there is a, there's one point I want to ask you just to briefly comment on because I think it's an important one. Uh, you lead multi-generational diverse teams uh, in your role and you probably are one of if not the youngest chief medical officers uh, at least in the United States. Can you just share one tip for other leaders out there who are leading multi-generational uh, you know diverse teams? What's one tip that has helped you be successful? Because I see it too. I see your pictures. I see your team. They adore you. Uh, they they relate to you. Um, and everyone that meets you, you're kind of like, when Austin comes in the room, they want to meet you. I saw that. Um, and it's not the first time he's telling you about the book because he told, he, told he told us at the <laughs> summit about his book. That's how I learned about the book. But, um, you know, what's one tip? Because it, it, it's, I think it's powerful what you've done. Thank you. Um, I think it's, a lot of communication. I am a big kind of big time communicator, like when it comes to just even in my personal life, texting, everything. Like I like to over communicate. And I think with my teams, what I really want to do is, you know, I think it's striking that balance of not micromanaging, but also wanting to understand like exactly what the job entails and giving people credit for the work that they're putting into that. Um, and so, you know, honestly, like in my role as uh, chief medical officer, like the first six months I was part of all that travel was flying around the country, spending time in the field with our sales teams, um, seeing what they do on a daily basis and asking them, like, what are the pain points of your job and what can I do to help out and um, make this better? And, you know, with the position that I'm in, like, what can I take back to leadership? What can I you know, do to help out here? And. And, um, and so, yeah, I think it's just gaining an understanding of what people are doing and not, you know, uh, I understand that sometimes distance and authority uh, is important, but I feel like, um, you know, at the same time, like needing to have like high touch kind of uh, frequencies is also just as important too. So I don't know, I'm, I'm constantly learning what the right way is. And I feel like there have been moments where I've, you know, learn from uh, missteps and just constantly trying to adapt. Yeah, and that's true, by the way. I have a buddy who works for Medtronic in the sales organizations, and he showed me a selfie of you and him the other day. He, oh, yeah. he sent it to me. <laughs> so uh, that is a fact. So, yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, this has been amazing. Dr. Cheng, thank you very, very much. Uh, you're changing the world through social media in a, in a positive way, which is, which is, is few. It's, it's not easy to say these days. So we're greatly, greatly appreciative of you and the work that you're doing. 
we will see you back here uh, when your when your book launches or before then, and and just to dig into there too, um, if you're willing. So, listeners, thank you. Um, subscribe, hear more amazing conversations from amazing people um, with Jeffrey and I, and we will look we look forward to seeing you next time. So, thank you very much.